GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. On today's podcast, we're, we're joined by uh, Dr. Dai King. Uh, Dai is based at, uh, in Newtown in Hobart and is, is well known to many of us for her, the range of services that she offers in skin health, uh, bridging skin cancer into um, aspects of aesthetic medicine. And our focus today is going to be very much talking about LED um, and light therapy. So I might start, Dai, uh, by first thanking you for um, a few minutes of your time on this. But can you just start by describing your practice, you know, a couple of minutes on you and your practice and, and the sorts of patients you see before we jump into LED itself? Thanks, David. Um, my background practice and for the last 15 years I've subspecialised in skin cancer and dermatology more so. I've always had a special yep. interest in dermatology from medical student days and my skin cancer knowledge and expertise evolved out of that. Uh, in more recent years I have incorporated more aesthetic dermatology into our skin cancer practice, yep. mainly, mainly on the back of the patients asking about it and wanting someone who could guide them as to what the most appropriate forms of treatment were for them. So they're sort of our loyal patient base from our skin cancer clinic who have um, evolved into the aesthetic dermatology side of things. Yeah. And you're, you do about, what, one day a week aesthetics and three days skin cancer? Is that about right now? Yeah, it's about 75% skin cancer and about yeah, 25% aesthetic dermatology. Um, general dermatology yeah. gets molded in between all of that as well yeah yeah awesome so the led dye um i i've seen your webinars on on this and find it quite i mean frankly quite as i've said to you before inspirational and and i'm really looking forward to introducing it into uh, my own clinical practice and, and i am going to do that um but I'd, i wonder if you could take us back to when you very first got interested in in LED, you, you know why? How did that start? Um, and then and then talk to us a little bit about how you now use it uh, in your practice. It, sure, thanks, Dave. Uh, we first looked at purchasing an LED machine for our photodynamic therapy patients. We're very keen right. to um, Metfix. Um, photodynamic therapy within our practice because we saw it as a really useful adjunct for skin cancer topical treatments yeah and it was during the sort of research phase into what type of led unit we would get but we um soon discovered there are a lot of other indications for phototherapy in fact the rep who visited us who um introduced us to the um heal light unit we have sort of questioned us as to why we weren't using it for other things like acne and wound healing and eczema right. and all things. And we sort of looked at him blankly thinking, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> as you're aware in medical school um, and certainly postgraduate general practice, we we had never heard about such phototherapy. No, never I'd, mentioned, I'd, right? Never mentioned. Yeah, I'd sort of heard about UVB therapy for psoriasis in treatments right. way in the old dermatology days, but... Yes. I had no physiological knowledge of what <laughs> it was. So it was. And when was this day? When did you, when were you first looking at buying the, uh, the equipment for PDT? So it was probably about 10 years ago, around the same okay. time as 
I got involved in aesthetic dermatology around that time. So this partner and I, Tim, um, we looked at purchasing one of these units and we thought, well, look, this they tell us that there's other indications for it, we'll give it a go. So we started using it a lot of our post-operative wound repair patients in our skin cancer practice, um, purely sort of just to sort of anecdotally to see how it worked. We weren't prepared to make patients pay for these therapies until we had some good hard and fast before and after photos and evidence that it was actually working. Yeah. And so we also had a, uh, at that time, I was still um, part doing some general practice as well. So we had a lot of kids with acne and yeah. a lot of, suffering from psoriasis and eczema and we started um, offering it to any patient who was struggling with dermatological conditions of the skin as well as incorporating it into our skin cancer wound healing and it became clearly evident after about probably six months of trial and error and trying out a few patients and getting the, um, the hang of how it was used how we still incorporate other modalities with it we don't use it by itself primarily um, yeah. We soon came up with some pretty amazing results, particularly with acne patients um, and the wound healing for the skin cancer. So most of our skin cancer patients, if they were having any sort of head and neck surgery involving flaps or grafts or any, even a simple ellipse, which they were self-conscious of yeah. developing scar, we would offer them some infrared LED therapy following their skin cancer. And and the it was really quite astounding how the wound healing was very apparent. So and, just and, to just to be, if I sorry, die to interrupt you. Yeah. Just to be clear on that, so you you use LED for enhanced wound healing, but but only in cosmetically sensitive sites. Is that right? Yeah, generally speaking, it would be mainly yeah. head and surgery. Um, yeah. If a patient was of the ilk that they were very concerned about a train track scar on another body site, we'd still offer it to them elsewhere. Right. right. And the other big place to use bodies the lower leg because ah, you know, so yeah. so often we were doing a lot of halo graphs and um yeah. you know having wound breakdown particularly in increased risk of skin infection in some of our older patients with comorbidities so yeah. we would often offer it in patients with those indications and the lower yeah. leg is a great place to use as well right and what sort of protocol would you do you use for your wound healing patients so with a wound healing, it's it's specifically related to the infrared light, which is an 830 nanometer setting. Yeah. And routinely the patient would be, if you want to prep and prime the skin prior to the skin cancer surgery, you would offer the patient to come in, say, 48 hours before the actual operation. Right. right. You also have the infrared light therapy immediately on the day of the operation and then usually four hours after. So around three sessions of light therapy. If you were doing something like a graft or or a site there where the multiple dressings may be required, we'd repeat the light therapy each time the dressing was taken down. And how long do you put them under the light, Di? It's about 13 minutes. Um, It's a fairly idiot-proof system with the heel light. (laughs) Um, And, you know, basically you can train your receptionist or your practice nurse to to, do it. It's always a good idea for the doctors to know how to operate the light. <laughs> <laughs> so, so red light, 13 minutes, two, two days before pre-op yeah. and then two days after. Yeah, so it's infrared. Um, that, it comes out as a yellow light in the hour. Oh, yeah, right, infrared, okay. Yeah. 
technically speaking, yeah. the only reason they put the yellow in is because they include that so that people realise there's something actually working. When you right. have an infrared on, you don't actually see anything, and so the patients think they're just under a heat. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yellow light, not red light. I got that wrong. Yeah. Yellow light. Okay. And 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 so, do you? I mean, how do you pitch it to the patients? Die? Do you do you do you explain that that because the wound is in a, you know, a sensitive site and that they're, they're going to get likely to get a better outcome from this, and and then what? There's an extra cost, presumably. How does all of that play through? Yeah, yeah as we were working out, firstly, whether it worked or not, um, in the stages of phototherapy. Uh, we would actually review the light, use the light as a wound dressing. So it was if the yeah. there in the room and assessing the wound, the light could be incorporated. Um, and we used to bulk bill the patient under Medicare. But um, if a patient is not being seen by the doctor, obviously we have to incorporate a private fee for that. Sure. So Kim and I got, gained confidence in the fact that this was actually working and we weren't selling snake oil. Um, sure by seeing the patients at no cost and, you know, making sure that there was yep. appropriate response and taking lots of before and after pictures. I can't um, underestimate how important it is to have regular photos so that the patients see the response. And we've got a, a, a stockpile of photos to show patients uh, the results uh, that yep. can be. And, you know, it's usually patients who are um, conscious of scars on their faces who will request this sort of um, procedure. Yeah. And yeah. certainly if it asks you what can I do for my wound to optimise the healing and how do I minimise the scar, it's, it's, it's obvious. You just say, you yeah. know, so we don't force it on everyone. Um, yeah. We have lots of flyers in our practice to, uh, you know, guide the patients and inform them that it's available. And I yeah. think... Once they've had a few sessions, they actually ask for it. So it's quite incredible. I think it has right. a very, um, it's got a seasonal affective disorder effect as well. <laughs> so do you, and do you, do you charge for the whole course? I mean, do you, and how much do you, what do you charge them? Yeah, the best way to do it is basically if you're trying to engage compliance with a patient, because it's really important for them not to have just one, a one-off yeah. treat. They won't yeah. see the results particularly if you're dealing with treating acne or a dermatological condition. So yep. most our acne patients, for instance, would need at least six weeks of light therapy to see a good result. Yep. You don't six weeks and saying, oh, well, that's been working going away. So we usually will bundle it up as a session of, say, eight um, light therapy treatments, and mm. they will pay the money up front so that mm. each session work out to be about I think we currently charge about $50 per session in yep. some cosmetic dermatology clinics in other centers they charge up to $100 but we yep. always a sort of a complete package of um, medical care with it so they're usually going um, when they see us for an initial consult relating to light therapy they usually are prescribed other topical yes. medications as well particularly when it comes yeah. to and, um, and you do the same for wound healing. How much do you charge for for the wound healing course, yeah, as it were? Wound healing often only requires two or three sessions. So yeah. I'd I'd usually say the same thing. If if they're a pensioner, sometimes we you know give them a thirty dollar charge. It sort of can sure. be um, you know adjusted a bit. But on the whole, for good results post wound healing, you'd need at least three sessions. Yeah, yeah, okay. That that's that's great. So wound healing. Um, Clearly, that there's 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 scope there. 
can we move on to acne a little bit? I mean, it's interesting to me. I, I um, again, I'm looking at in, introducing um, a bit of an acne service into into my clinical practice because uh, even though I'm very lucky, I, I don't have acne scarring. I had very bad acne when I was an adolescent, and I, you know, I, I understand how um, how emotionally challenging that can be for 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 anybody with acne. And and you make mention of this in all of your lectures, of course, as well. What's interesting to me is in in all of the most recent acne treatment guidelines that you that you look at, and I've been looking at them um, all recently. There is no mention of photodynamic therapy, of light therapy, in any of them. They go on about you know the standard stuff that we all know about, but even in the most recent ones from you know the UK and Canada and the USA, there is no mention of light at all. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's something I see. I think out of the US, you probably see a bit more of it because there are a lot more dermatologists who incorporate cosmetic medicine into their practices. I think in Australia, we seem it's a very much more of a narrow field of dermatology where they just do dermatology. And yeah. so I think light therapy evolved out of aesthetic medicine and you'll probably yeah. find most of the studies have only been done through the sort of cosmetic um, and aesthetic medicine fields. And yeah. I, because it is not a drug, it doesn't have a lot of, you know, money put behind yeah. it to, um, you know, get those studies there. But if anyone's interested in reading more about the evidence-based medicine behind it, uh, there's a fellow called Glenn, Dr. Glenn Calderhead who is actually one of the pioneers of phototherapy. He is largely based out of South Korea where a lot of these studies, particularly with the acne, evolved from. And right. plenty of science behind it. If, if you research Dr. Calderhead, and at one stage he used to come out to Australia and lecture, which was how I first learned about the power of the light therapy, I guess, seeing one of yeah. his lectures. So I'd yeah. encourage you to uh, certainly look up anything you can find online about his um, science. He's got a, you know, very particular physics, he's, albeit about the physics behind it. So it, you do can, yeah. tend to get bogged down in the um, <laughs> um, that science. But, it, you know, he has spent some fantastic sort of um, research about all the dermatological indications for it. But, yeah, it's the same. I go to acne lectures from the dermatologist quite frequently and think, why aren't they using light therapy? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just the people who are in the know know about it. And um, it, most of the patients who come to me are word of mouth from seeing the results from their, their colleagues at school and stuff. So it, it's, it's an odd thing. and It will probably take a lot of lot more years, just like platelet-rich plasma, <laughs> before yeah. people yeah. realise yeah. Well. No, we, we, we will we'll provide a link to your wonderful webinar, uh, which gives, goes into much more detail about all of this for, for listeners who are interested, Di, because beyond um, wound healing and PDT and acne, um, you, you have some great case studies about uh, healing of chronic ulcers. And, yeah. and other, um, you know, dermatological conditions. So, so for those that are, that are interested, I would urge them to, to look at that. But just, just in summary, as we, as we wind up here, just give us a, a very brief overview of how you use the light therapy for acne, if you would. I mean, you know, you, you make the point very clearly that, um, you know, this is a multi-week treatment for acne. It's not a one-off um, you know, your, your topical treatments, your, your oral antibiotics, your, your, your vitamin A, etc. How do you 
what's your protocol for light therapy? You, you mentioned earlier, I think eight, eight weeks. Just, just give us a quick overview on that, if you would. So the, you assess each acne patient individually. So if someone's yeah. got mild, mild sort of comedonal acne or just mainly sebaceous problems, they're probably not going to be that much of a candidate for light therapy. I think light therapy is more important for people who have acute pustular, papular type acne with the, that inflammatory component. So it's more right. in the sort of moderate um, to, to moderately severe type acne. Now, I've used it for people who I would normally think would need Roaccutane as soon as I've seen them walk, walk through the door. So it's right. an use for people, even if you still think you're going to need a referral to the dermatologist. It's always worth a go. It doesn't cause any harm. And yeah. a lot of parents and patients are particularly geared up these days about the side effects of Roaccutane. And mm. um, I think many of them are willing to give anything else a chance that might avoid the need. But I'd also stress that if you've got a kid who's got quite already quite significant cystic acne or scarring, you would have a very low threshold for bailing out early on in the piece and, and making that referral. So right. my my standard, so someone with moderate um, papular pustular acne on their face, I would always, you know, it's a complete deal of starting a topical retinoid and there's no contraindications to using the light therapy with the retinoid. That's important yep. to know. Um, yep. We just get them to, you know, always apply the retinoid at night, obviously, and wipe it off before yep. they end their acne treatment. Yep. My patients always have sunscreen because it's important to think of sunscreen as a regular daily um, application as well because we know that a lot of acne is an inflammatory process and unless the, then the sun induces that inflammatory process. So you, it's really important to um, encourage them to wear a daily sunscreen, which is very um aqueous so more yeah. like the brain perhaps and yeah. my the majority of patients would be on a course of an antibiotic as well in conjunction with the six to eight weeks of light therapy sure. um by the time they get to me they usually have already been written a script for doxycycline or milocycline from their gp yeah. we yeah. don't like those antibiotics in when we're using light therapy because of the photosensitivity right. nature right right I'd usually have them if they're a mild, a milder case, probably on a course of erythromycin, probably 400 milligrams BD for the course yeah. of the eight weeks. Yeah. Or someone who perhaps has already failed on previous antibiotics, you can always utilize trimethoprim, which I find is a very good antibiotic with less resistance on an authority script. So somewhere between 300 to 600 milligrams a day. So right. in a right. Week. So I read, and then we. Obviously, say blue and red light therapy, blue at one end of the week to kill off the P acnes, right. red at week for the inflammatory, anti inflammatory component and to improve the collagen and decrease scarring. And usually that would range from anywhere between six to eight weeks, depending on how the response is. Now, right. the important thing to warn your patients is that they can sometimes go through a bit of a like an inflammatory flare when they start. So Two weeks into the light therapy, they may think it's getting worse, but you've got to, you know, reassure them that's a natural sort of progression, a bit like when you treat topical Aldara. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. It gets better. Yeah. Uh, and if they can really hang in there for the six-week mark, at the, that point I will see them back in my clinic. I don't make any decisions about whether, we, you know, we need to adjust the treatment or refer to a dermatologist until around the six- to eight-week mark. And okay. if they're not 
bonding. And if you haven't seen some improvement at that point, you'd be thinking about are they a Roaccutane case or yep. are they just needs an adjustment in the dose of the antibiotics. It's be right. rare prescribe light therapy for longer than eight weeks. It is yep. you if they're going to respond, they will have had a good response by that stage. Got it. Well, that that's that's very clear. And I think Di, the, the message I would take home and I would encourage our listeners to think about is that if they're in mainstream general practice, there are multiple uses potentially for LED as, you, as you've articulated. You know, every mainstream GP is seeing patients with acne, uh, chronic wounds. Um, everybody is, almost everybody is doing excisions. Um, and, and LED has got real opportunities there. And frankly, if you're a skin cancer doctor, um, using it for PDT in some of your patients um, and then use, using it to, uh, to improve wound healing. That, that's, uh, so look, Di, thanks very much for your time. As I said, we'll provide a link to your uh, wonderful webinar and uh, you, you, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll talk again in the future on, on another topic. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Dave. Hope everyone enjoys LED. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to healthcert.com.